0: And that thing is something that you have to find it. You know what I mean? And yep. when, and and a lot. And it can only begin when I got sober. Was that thing mm. that told me I don't want to live like this no more, and mm. I deserve better.
1: Today, my sole purpose is to pay tribute to David A. Arnold. What's strange for me is I only heard about him last week when I listened to Ed Milet's podcast. I'm going to take a clip from there in today's episode. But I want to tell this unique experience I had with with this man. I really resonated with him on the podcast. Then on September the 5th, I think it was a Monday, I watched his... Netflix special. He has two Netflix specials. I watched the one, It Ain't For The Week. He expresses his message so well. He shares it in storytelling format. He does it brilliantly. Then on September 5th, I watched the full episode. And this week, a week later, I'm sitting there. I'm going to go back to Ed Milet's podcast to see if I can pull something for my podcast. And the show notes begin with, In Loving Memory Of... And I had to read that a few times. I sat there thinking, okay, that's not possible. They usually write that if somebody passed away, but I literally just listened to him. And then I confirmed it by going to Google that at 54 years old, he passed away. Not only did I watch the Netflix comedy special, not only did I listen to him on Ed Milet's podcast, but once I watched him on YouTube, I started to see all the videos that he was posting about his life almost daily. Real... Life videos about him and his family. He's got an an amazing wife and two beautiful daughters. And now they lose their father at at 54 years old. He's this example of someone who's chasing success for his entire life. Going from rags to riches, from jail, from drinking, from drugs, to only having one goal. And that is to be a stand-up comedian. And I think a secondary goal was to play a dad on, on TV. And he was achieving both of those. But... Life taken short at 54 years old. I sat there for a good 15 minutes thinking, again, another story that puts things in perspective, just like I felt when Kobe Bryant passed away. In the prime of their lives, chasing their dream, and this kind of thing happens. I think what David A. Arnold taught me, or this tragedy taught me, once again, is we all owe a death the problem is, we have no idea when that is. Could be today, could be five minutes from now, could be tomorrow, could be 50 years from now. But if you have something inside you that you know you want to do, and you you know you could do better than you're doing today, and you're not even chasing that, then you're setting yourself up for a life of regret. This is the kind of stuff that really hits me. You have to begin. You have to start. Whatever that twinkle is, whatever that, that knot in your stomach is, that says... I could be better. I could do more. I have more to give. I have more to share. I have more to do. I have more impact to make in other people's lives that we got to get on this path so that you don't end up thinking about, what if? What if I just tried a little bit harder? What if I pursued it just a little bit more? Start doing whatever that is. And it's not always about making millions of dollars. It's that impact. It's that legacy. How can I leave that impact? You look at David A. Arnold, taken away at the age of 54, but one thing nobody can say about him, and even for himself, that he wasn't in hot pursuit of what he wanted in life. He can never say to himself, and nobody can say this about him, that he never put in the effort, he never gave it everything he had, he never tried every single day to reach that goal, to be the best he could be in his own life. That to me is very meaningful that if your life ends, you know you went out doing the best you could. You went out trying as hard as you can to, to make that impact and, and to leave here as the best version of you. Without much more to say about this, except that I just want to pay tribute to a remarkable man and to David A. Arnold. Rest in peace. And to your family, which shines so brightly in your Instagram videos, your YouTube videos. All I can say is, prayers, and I can't even imagine the difficult times they're going through right now. But what a legacy, what a a life, what an inspiration you're going to be to so many people, even though you were taken away at such a young age. Here is David A. Arnold. You got to have that thing. It's that thing inside of you
0: that it cannot be given to you. You have to find it. You can see it from others and the examples in, you know, that you've seen. I, my grandfather had that thing. Mm. My grandfather put all of us through college with an eighth grade education. You know what I'm saying? He laid asphalt in Cleveland, Ohio. And that was my summers, from seven years old till 17. We went out and worked the summers with my grandfather laying 800-degree asphalt really? in the heat. That That's where I learned to get that thing. My stepfather, who started the OJs, yeah. and then quit the day before they made a million dollars and went on to watch them become the biggest thing ever. And he went on to try to prove and and and, and be a producer and never hit that level of success again. But I watched him chase that mm. every day. He had that thing. Yeah. And that thing is something that you have to find it. You know what I mean? And yep. when and, and a lot and it can only begin when I got sober was that thing mm. that told me I don't want to live like this no more. And mm. I deserve better because I grew up around greatness. So like why would I sell myself short, and that's when I tell my daughters they play volleyball, when they, when whatever they try to, from the volleyball, from making friends, from being better in school, mm. you got to have that thing inside of you because life is always coming for you. The curtain comes down on every show. Michael Jackson was one of the biggest shows ever. And the curtain comes down. Frank Sinatra, some of the best. Joe Montel, like some of the Mike Tyson, like they're the greatest ever at whatever it is you do. Michael Jordan. The curtain always comes down. And what you have to look at is the things that I did. Did I give it my all? And was I the best that I could possibly be? Listen, I could stop today. And I can tell my children that I was successful. When I moved to L.A., I had two trash bags of clothes and three addresses to three comedy clubs. That's it. I didn't have any friends. I didn't have anybody who to tell me, hey, man, you know, you should go. Nothing. And I walked from the rehab, which people did not know, to, their, to the comedy store, which is like five miles, to go do open mic. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, I went there, and it was the wrong day, Mm -hmm. and I had to walk back. But I did it every single time that I knew that that microphone was there. And Mm -hmm. nobody knew. And there was times when I got on, when I I showcased for Mitzi at the Comedy Store, one time, and I got in, because Mm -hmm. I was ready. I showcased for Jamie at the Laugh Factory one time and I got in because I made sure that I had been doing stand-up in other places, little bars everywhere where I could get up. So when I got a chance to go where I really wanted to go, I was prepared. You have to trust and believe that you were not brought here to struggle. You were not brought here to be less than. You were not brought here to fall short. And even... Though we all go through trials and tribulations, we go through ups and downs, we go through setbacks, we go through failures. I tell people this all the time. In my, st- I teach one of the largest stand-up comedy classes in the country, and I tell all the aspiring comedians this. I go, anything that you're trying to do, there's always going to be obstacles in the way. There's supposed to be obstacles in the way. The only place that's not an obstacle is if you want to work at the fast food restaurant at the rest of your life. Ain't no obstacle. You know what I mean, some things there's no obstacle. If you want to, you know, not if you want to not, you know, push beyond, there's no obstacle to be average, to just wake up and just take whatever's given to you. There uh-huh. are no obstacles. But if you want to be better than if you want to go to a place that only few go to, there's always going to be obstacles and obstacles are there for one reason to weed out the weak. That's what they're there for. They're to get rid of the people who say they want it, but they don't have what it takes to push through and do it. And so like every single, in my gym, here in my house, I put the decal up that says, be stronger than your excuses. So Hmm. I can remember that every day when I walk in there to go work out. So I can remember that when I sit down here to write. I remember that when I got on stage and got booed in front of thousands of people. And I didn't want to go back. And I remember that these things happen to see how bad you want it. So you got to know that no matter what you're going through, I remember catching the bus. When I came here to L.A., I had two trash bags full of clothes, no car, three addresses to three comedy clubs, and 10 minutes of stand-up. And about two, three, two months of sobriety. And the only thing I wanted was to be a comedian and have a chance to prove that I belong out here with the rest of everybody else. And I caught the bus and I walked and I sat outside the laugh factory and the comedy store and the improv for three, four, five hours waiting just to sign up to get on the stage to do two minutes. Mm. I did all of this because I wanted it. Because there was something inside of me that didn't want to just be average. I didn't never, one of the things I never wanted to do in my life is to look back in my life and go, I wish I had tried. I wish I had just did. I don't want to do that. And my daughters they're 15 and 13, Anna Grace and Ashland. and the only thing I want for them if they don't get nothing else from me I want to make sure that I've shown them the example of what a man who never quits, a person who never quits looks like. drives and keeps working every second. And they don't even understand half the stuff I'm... They just know I'm in this office with the door closed all day sometimes. They have no idea. And that's it, man. If you out there and you're struggling, you just got to know that all this... It's necessary. Nobody that you look up to, nobody that you hear from, nobody that you believe in or that has inspired you, has not sat where you sit. They've not, not failed. That's why I love autobiographies. That's the books I read
1: because I love to hear about the struggle. You've been listening to Philosopher Insights with your host, Herb Lamba. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To go deeper with me, you can register for free at www.philosopherinsights.com. For instant access to a growing library of philosopher insights, which are 8 to 10 page PDFs, plus 20 minute MP3s that break down my favorite insights from the world's best personal development books. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Facebook at Optimal Herb. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.